Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful day so far. So, podcast time. Chloe Robinson, um, techno DJ based out of London. And she's had a really interesting career. She was went under a previous artist name called Belly Legal, had a Radio One Extra, um, won like a Radio One Extra competition, um, then also had a Rinse show for two years on Rinse FM in the UK, and has had like a, a really interesting career. Um, during pandemic, decided to change her name um and kind of change the genre of music that she's aligned with um she had released some some pretty big records on her own label called pretty weird um had a fortet remix and things started kind of growing from there as well um i really like chloe she's such a lovely lovely person and she makes amazing music um, so I thought I'd get her on the podcast and I really just wanted to like talk about the process of changing, changing names and how she's finding the industry right now. It was a really interesting conversation. So without further ado, Chloe Robinson. Chloe Robinson, what's cooking, mate? Hi. How's it going? Good, thank you. How are you doing? Good. Whereabouts in the world are you? Um, I'm in Surrey at the moment. Good old Surrey. Yeah, temporarily. Yeah. So, you mean, yeah. Where you, where you, why temporarily? Where are you going? Because um, moving to a house in Bethnal Green, but it's like taking ages for the contracts to go through, like a house purchase. Oh, you buying? Yeah. Check you with, out. With, with, no, with a, with a bit of help. <laughs> <laughs> definitely that's, not. I'm definitely not on my own. That's amazing, though. Buying yeah. your own house is a sick achievement to have in your life, right? yeah if you've achieved it <laughs> hey you have no matter even if you're getting help fuck it yeah 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 of course give yourself some credit girl come on how's, yeah uh, that'd be good how's 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 the summer going so far yeah good it's um i say it was like slightly calmer than last summer but it's picking up quite quickly actually there's lots of like last minute things coming through um Although I've got this weekend off, which I'm really excited about. So. Nice. What are you going to do on your weekend off? Um, I'm going to go and stay at like my empty auntie's house in Kentish Town <laughs> and like live back in London for a bit because, yeah, so I need to see my, I need to see my, I act like I'm really far away, like I'm literally as close to London as you could be, but. You're really not that far. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, I'm going to bring my cat with me. And yeah, don't know. See where the weekend takes me. Sounds like a romantic weekend, if you ask me. Yeah, of course. Um, how was your trips to America recently? Uh, what did I do? Good. Didn't... Although I was in America when LA had that big hailstorm. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just pretty mental for LA. Um, and then the party I was playing at got flooded. <laughs> Like it was in a warehouse and they, they got a new venue within an hour, but like, I I mean, I struggled to get out of the house and like force myself out in the rain, let alone the ravers, but they all came out. So that was good. Well, I think most of them came out. So yeah. how are you not a fan of the rain? If you are from England, come on. No, I don't mind it. Oh, but right. It was, I mean, like I had to like walk through basically like a lake to get to the warehouse. It was like a puddle <laughs> that was just so deep. So it was, yeah, it was a lot. It was like a lot of rain. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Do you spend much time out there? Um, I got my visa in April last year and I've been out there maybe like three or four times. Mm. Do you enjoy it? So, yeah, yeah, I really like it. Um, still trying to work out the, the financial works <laughs> of it all. Um, I know you gave me some very helpful advice. 
Yeah. Did you um, did you get in I touch with my, an accountant? Yeah, I need I, I need my social security number basically, mm. which I need to be in America to get. To get it back. Um, yeah. It's such a nightmare touring. Is it like a a touring artist um, from a foreign country in America? Such a I process. Know. And you, you think you'd like made loads of money to come back and you're like, oh. <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, depending on like what state you're in, they can withhold like 30% tax and then you've got your agent fees and then no management fees anymore, which is cool. Um, oh, yeah. But, ooh, <laughs> this is, this is, I actually feel rich right now. No <laughs> I'm getting booking offers come in and I'm like, not having to work out how much I'll actually get. I'm like, sick. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, it's so weird because I was talking to somebody about this yesterday um, and where you like, let's just say, for instance, you get a fee for, like, just, just, just to make it easy, you get a fee for a grand and you're a British citizen touring in America, like the the tax, the IRS take $300 from you straight away. Yeah. And then your agent takes $100, which is fine. I have no issues with paying your paying agents. No, not at all. And then your manager's taking 15 to 20%, which is another 150 to $200. So you've got like... 600 and then you've well i don't you like you've made it but i haven't yet so i have not made it <laughs> do you like do you get all your flights to the fate well you're are you, are you based in america now so yeah. i'm in the uk at this moment in time um but i'm based i switch between the uk and, Det- and you got two homes yeah, yeah yeah oh nice um yeah, but then obviously out of the fee, mm-hmm. then got to cover your flights. Yeah, and so out your of ground transport yeah. and sometimes sometimes your hotel, which which are bloody expensive, especially in New York. Yeah. Um, although my friends got a uh, job at Ace Hotel, and <sighs> last time I went to New York, I paid eighty nine dollars a night. Ace Hotel is great as well. It's know, a yeah. really nice hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like and I got free cocktails at the bar. I had a great time. This is the this is literally the <laughs> the crux of the matter is we all have to make friends with people that that work in hotels because yeah. it's the only way to get cheap hotels. <laughs> I got the same. One of my mates, he works in the Moxie in New York and sorts me out good and proper. But like, yeah, like out of a thousand dollars, you then have to pay for flights. <laughs> and then which like flights are probably about 250 dollars if we're touring in between the u.s yeah 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 so then you're left with another 250 dollars out of <laughs> the thousand dollars and then you have to what about your taxi or to the air uh, from the airport as well yeah that's about f- or you can get a train which is actually quite easy in new york yeah not okay in, so not in every place let's just say you get a train because you're you're feeling frugal so you, that's like 20 dollars <laughs> And then you're then you have to get food, which let's be honest, in New York you can't cheap out, or maybe you get a slice of pizza for a dollar. So yeah. you're like literally you're out of a thousand dollar fee, you're walking away with less than two hundred dollars. Oh sorry, just my... fucking put the <laughs> phone on, girl. It's on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> they called you an twice. Alarm. Oh, an alarm. I'm an alarm because I'm yeah, I'm scatty. I'm so sorry. I've got no more, I've got no more alarms, but like I've got a lot of alarms. That's such a DJ alarm. Yeah. Yeah, so so realistically <laughs> sorry. You're left with like no money. Yeah. If you're getting we're really selling the American dream, aren't we? <laughs> We're really selling the DJ dream, let's be honest, because yeah. it's the same everywhere else. Like, even in, like, Spain and Germany, you get withheld. <clears throat> do you? Yeah. Okay. I, I do know. anyway. I obviously don't check my itinerary, my uh, <laughs> statements or anything. Like, I don't, I don't even check my itinerary until, like, I'm at the airport. Do you um, not? No, I'm pretty bad. Yeah, I I used to be like really on it with like when I first started touring, knowing exactly what I was doing, and then it it just and then it kind of gets to the point where it's like okay, I look like the two days before what what the deal is, um, but half the time, yeah, it's I guess it's just 
because you do it so often it's, you kind of like just expect it all to be done do you have like an advancing team or does your agency do that? yeah my agency have just uh recently stopped doing advancing yeah. which are, which makes sense it's like it takes up a lot of their time um and so i use like an external advancer now which how, is good working out well for me how is how do you find that um yeah they've i've not had any problems with them um and yeah did you I, I, I think other people have but i've i've been all right so did you i'm also like not very sassy maybe i am but like <laughs> if something goes wrong and it's like a mistake i'm not like screaming at them you know yeah, yeah. like i haven't had any mistakes yet though i have in the past that's good um yeah did your agent take less money then yeah i think i think so I think it's, <laughs> come on mate you need to know these things <laughs> i know um i assume they take 10 percent rather than 15 i hope so yeah it will be that yeah yeah double I, check I need to, i'll double check <laughs> but i'm pretty sure like it'd be a bit of if like messed up if they didn't imagine so, yeah. imagine yeah <laughs> yeah i it's when European agents take 15% and then they do your advancing. I don't know if it's necessarily worth it. Yeah. Because they're making a lot of money out of the advancing. Yeah, they are. They are, they are. 5% is is a lot. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a strange it's a strange industry that we work in, right? It's, it's I think <laughs> oh, yeah. if I think if you ask most other industries if you would do this so you you do it for years for absolutely nothing and then when you start getting paid it takes a long time to actually get paid and then you're just hoping that something pops off and then you get the payday yeah i know i feel like my payments come through like mm. yeah Sorry, I was listening to you. I'm just, <laughs> my, my laptop was like, it's about to die, but it's plugged in. So, <laughs> so let's talk about your career. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've known of you for a, a long time, um, as your, also as your previous artist name. Yeah. So I wanna, I'd love to like talk uh, in some depth about that um, and how you got to where you're at today, really um because there's been a lot of transitions and it's really interesting to see like a transition in your in in people's careers um taking it from from where you started to where you are now yeah so i started off about 13 years ago um just as a hobby won a competition with one extra it's led to a residency and um Back then, my mixing was like just grimy garage. And then I kind of like got into other genres. And then I got into drum and bass really late, like 2016, um, which is when I also got into techno. But I, yeah, I, I tried to translate what I was like actually into via my Rinse FM shows. Mm -hmm. And they were translating onto bookings because I was so like tightly associated with like the genres that I was playing at the start. Like I still get called a grime DJ as Chloe Robinson, which is ridiculous. I'm like, I don't play grime. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then I was like, okay, cool. So maybe I could like place myself on the lineups I want to be on by booking myself. So I did my own like pretty weird parties and curated those. That was when I was still under the old alias Fairly Legal. Um, yeah, and then during the pandemic, um, my old manager just got some feedback from some like festival bookers just saying like, we'd love to put Chloe on those stages with like the, the with those acts, but like, I just can't because of her name, because of like, just what, people perceive her as you know they would go mm. there and expect a different genre of music and then also uh i'm just gonna this this is pretty bad if you type my dj name into facebook um this comes up 
Oh, um, wow, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I mean, just the starting line is child sexual abuse is illegal. Um, and then we think your search might be associated with child sexual abuse. It goes on. Yeah. So um, that was that was pretty much <laughs> like, <laughs> the, cr- the crux yeah. of it. I mean, I wanted to change it for ages, but um, it's just like, yeah, it's a bit nerve wracking, isn't it? Like, will it work? Or have you just completely killed your career? I don't know, you know. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because it's almost starting to scratch, but it's not at the same time. Yeah, but I've seen it's just not work for so many people. Yeah. You know? It's it's worked for it's worked for more for less people than it has more for sure. Do you think? Yeah. So how have you made it work? it seems to be working um because i it was fortunate enough to have um bigger names pushing it pushing it pushing my name so i during the pandemic i ran away and for about eight months and i was in like strict lockdown in columbia Mm -hmm. um and then I was with uh, Alex, ADHD, and he was like, I'm going to teach you how to make tunes. And I was like, okay, fine. And then we made like two tunes off a Bluetooth speaker. Um, which we, made, we made packs and then we made ones which hasn't come out yet. Yeah. And I sent them to Fortet. And then he, I, I, met, I mentioned in the email that I, um, that I was going to change my name to my actual name. Mm-hmm. And then he did a really, really nice tweet about the tunes and then put my actual name in the tweet and yeah. then tagged my handle, which was my old DJ name. Yeah. And then that, that like flags loads of attention. Mm. Um, so that was kind of like all the PR I needed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did, um, I did like a mix for mix mag and a big like article, like talking about, um well I changed my name and then I put a load of like productions in the mix as well and I think just having those productions alongside like the name change really helped with just like being able to say like this is like this is what I'm going by now and this is my sound you know Mm. um rather than just being like here's a mix of people's tunes like here is here is my actual tunes I started making kind of thing Yeah, it's so yeah. important to have the to have the music to follow up. Um, yeah. Because I think it's really easy to, like, be a DJ nowadays. It, well, being a DJ nowadays doesn't kind of give you any identity because everyone... <laughs> yeah, everyone I would, I'd say it's actually not very easy to just be a DJ these days because it's really, really cutthroat at the moment. Well, I think it's easy easy to, to DJ, but whether you're oh, I get whether, you, I get you. Yeah, the actual getting, process. Yeah, 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 whether you're getting booked is a different situation. Um, yeah. What's your? You said it. You think it's really cutthroat. What's your thoughts and feelings behind that? Um, I think this year it's just been like harder than last year for a lot of people. Mm. Um, I wasn't sure whether it's just me, but speaking to like lots of friends within the industry, it's like quite across the board for like the middle tier DJs, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you've obviously got like cost of living crisis over this side of the world, um, which is really affecting like ticket numbers and stuff. Yeah. And people are buying things really late now, like mm. literally like a few days before the event, unless it's like a big event. Um, and I think, you know, it's just, it's easier and it's safer to book people that are going to definitely sell tickets. <clears throat> and then when it comes to like the middle tier people, um, I don't really like to say it, but there's definitely a lot of um, box ticking going on. And I obviously fall into the category of, of, of females. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of like really, really cool um, up and coming names that are coming through. Um who are cheaper than me and maybe like it's just this is just my guess maybe with the budget slower it's actually like cooler to kind of book one of the more new up-and-coming names who are a girl 
than me. Yeah. Who's a bit more expensive. And I also, I think I did my like loads of them last year. And I think a lot of festivals don't really want to do too many rebookings anymore. Mm. So they, well, they say that. And then you look at the lineup and you're like, okay, but cool. Um, <laughs> they rebook the headliners. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. How did you find it pre COVID? with regards to bookings um, with like female being a female as well. How was that for you? Uh, I mean, at the very start of my journey, I only like, I flagged attention to my mix I sent into one extra, which is that competition that got me the residency because they were like calling out for girls. They were like, there's no female sending in mixes and we, we kind of want some like female energy. So I think that's what flagged the attention to mine. Mm-hmm. And that there weren't any girls at the time that were playing what I was playing, yeah. um, like out in clubs. So that was the niche, I guess. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so I guess it, it at the very start, it was like an advantage. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I don't really... I don't really, like, notice the box ticking going on. Um, I Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with box ticking, though, is it, if I'm honest? No, not at all. Like, we, like I, I, yeah, completely. Like, I think diversity is really important. I think you just keep the quality high. That's that's the thing. It's just about having yeah. really good... There, there's so many options out there now. There's so many amazing artists from all walks of life. And I think there sometimes can be really lazy bookings when it comes to just booking for the sake of having to book rather than booking for quality yeah i've had um i've had scenarios in the past as well where i've been with agents who book you by linking you with their like top roster yeah you know like to help you grow but that really, really, I was really detrimental for my career because I was just constantly playing with those acts and like they weren't people, they were people that I like respected, but not people I wanted to be on lineups with every week. Mm. And also feeling like you weren't actually books, you know? Yeah. No, I've had and that. Then, I've had that. And, as then, as and well. then I moved away from that and moved um, to another agency and. I kind of had to do like a reset. Like I, yeah, I got, I basically, when I, when I left that agent, I got basically (laughs) like pulled off most of the lineups that I was on for that year. Mm. Um, Even contracted ones, which was quite scary and confusing, but you deal with it. it just meant I had to go out there and sort of reach out to these promoters that I was meant to be playing for and just rescheduled because they're people that I've played for in the past. So already had relationships. Um, but yeah, it was like a reset, but it was also like, I was also happy again because I felt like when you're playing and you're warming up for people who are like the headliners, who people are there to see, like I noticed that like, if I play the tune, like, the reaction would be quite minimal. And then if they played the same tune that night, the reaction would be completely different. And it's like all just because of like who the DJ was playing it, not like how it was mixed in or anything like that. So it's a bit like disheartening when you're just like not really want, like the the booker probably didn't want you there. And then the audience don't really care if you're there or not, you know? And I was like starting to fall out of love. And then when I moved agencies, all the bookings that came in were organic and there were people that wanted to book me. So um, that was like a really positive change, like in the long run. Yeah, I think it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I think sometimes you have to do those shows in front of a crowd that don't know who you are. I get, I pretty yeah, much go. Sure. I pretty much go into every show thinking nobody knows who I am and try to win win them over. 
but <clears throat> I've done plenty of those shows when you're with like a, a big headliner and you might as well just play uh, iPod beforehand because nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Really. yeah. It's, it's, it's very demoralizing. <clears throat> and also, <clears throat> realistically, like, your fee is is kind of, I, I'm not too sure what the word is, but it's like your fee is so low and anyway because they don't, they're just booking you for the sake of having somebody else on the lineup rather than... I mean, I think at the time the fee was actually like... Decent. Yeah, more than I probably deserved. Yeah. Because it was, because my agent would curate the whole night. Yeah. So she would kind of move the fees around, whatever, to make sure our artists were happy. Um, so, yeah, I actually made, like, I was actually making a lot of money doing shows that I probably wasn't wanted at, um, <laughs> making, like, the most money, really, and then realising that I wasn't happy. Yeah. And then I had to kind of, like, take things a bit slower when resetting, but got the feedback up, so I got it higher. So that was that was good. It's <laughs> such a it's such a process this industry though, isn't it? Yeah. And there's so many like ups and downs and I think it's very easy to look on social media and see somebody's like trajectory on how it's all it's a, it's one straight line on social media. It's very easy to see like somebody's doing really well all the time yet behind the scenes it's all going to shit and then it's kind of working out the next steps and the next processes of what your career is it's it's really it's really interesting yeah i think a lot of people have been opening up quite a lot over the last couple of years anyway on so on social media not like in general so um it's nice to feel that you're not alone and that these people that do look like they're having a really great time absolutely killing it are necess- not an art necessarily so um yeah but yeah i i've actually muted a lot of people on <coughs> social media who are my friends really? purely because i used to get triggered by like seeing announcements come out with them on and like i thought that i should be on it too kind of thing you know like festivals and stuff um i've unmuted them now because i'm past that but it helps a lot to not compare myself how do you work through that process of not comparing yourself because I, th- I feel like every artist has been there at some point in their career. Uh, I, th- I feel like I've grown out of it. Mm. You know, like, I feel like I've just become happy for people. Yeah. I'm happy for my friends, but it's taken a long time to get there. And I don't really know what's like, what triggered me to suddenly not get all kind of pissed off um, and angry that, I wasn't getting the same shows as other people yeah. or getting as many, but um, yeah, maybe I'm just like grown up a bit. And also I've, I've got like, I've got, I've got the, the hobby of making music now. So if I, if I do have a bit of time off, then I don't see it as a bad thing. I just yeah. see it as like a, Oh great. I can just like make some tunes and whatnot. And um, like money wise, I'm comfortable, you know, it's not like, Oh, if I don't get enough shows this month, like I'm screwed for my rent kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like I've not been done with my money. I have, I have actually, I don't know how I've got money, but <laughs> I have been really done with my money, but I've got money. So, um, so it's fine. I always just think like, it's fine. It's like the, the quality of shows that I'm doing are cool. So makes up for it you know that's all that matters at the end of the day isn't it as long as you're enjoying what you're doing and the process of of growing as an artist is is going in the right direction and you're happy with that then that's all that really matters in the grand scheme of this career yeah exactly yeah when um when you first started you weren't writing records at all were you just purely djing and radio yeah would you would you go back to radio um, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure for me to do radio at the moment. Is um, there? Why? Talk I, me through this. What's the pressure? 
well they're just opportunities that are coming up and i am just ignoring them <laughs> because i don't enjoy radio really i i think i do i think uh yeah i'm not i'm not very good at keeping on top of new music really and mm. that was what was really good about having my like rinse residency because it made me keep on top of my new music but yeah. Yeah, do you know what? I think if I was to do radio next, I'd really like to do uh, something short and sweet. So I think like an, a goal of mine is I'd love to do the Radio 1 residency. Yeah. Um, I've just been putting the pilot off for ages. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep missing like the next run. Yeah. But, um, no rush, right? No, I need to get onto that. So yeah. Um, how often do they do it? Is it like an every year thing? They, they, it's just like on, it's just ongoing at the moment, and okay. they have like two, two like interchanging residents a month. I feel. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Oh, was it a month or I think you do like eight weeks? A show a, sh- a, show a week. You okay. do four shows. Okay. Um, which is like quite good. Takes the pressure off, and then I guess you can like theme your shows and stuff to make it like a bit. It's all pre-recorded though, right? As well yeah yeah so uh, so like my role would just be to like put together i guess like a mix of tunes on ableton or whatever i want to use and then like just do the talk over and do the links and send it over and then i guess that's the pilot but i yeah i'm not um I'm not very good at the talking part of it. So like towards the end of my rent shows, I just didn't say a word. And then the produ- <laughs> they switched producer and they were like, what are you like? You're not going to say anything. And I was like, nope. And they're like, you can't do that. I was like, I can. And I have been for the past two years. So. <laughs> I just like, I've got away with it. Um, but yeah, I get like, it, I think with the radio one residency, it's all specialist shows. So it's not really about like in having that presenter voice and stuff. It's more just about like being able to give across information about what you're playing. And yeah. whatnot. Was your um, rinse show more of a presenter vibe though? No, no. Yeah, was... They said like, at least like say one thing, Chloe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't talk the whole of your rinse show. Yeah. Wow! How the no, f- I used to, <laughs> and then I was just like, like saying complete baffle. And I listened back to it, and I was like, I've actually ruined the show for anyone who wants to listen back to it. <laughs> so like, in my head, I was like, I'm basically just providing them like a two-hour mix. Yeah, you know, because I think a lot of people don't listen live. So I was thinking more about the the playback side of it, but yeah, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's fucking genius. How did you get away with that for so long? Um, I think I think I had a producer that was like, "Oh, whatever, okay, cool." And then when they switched on, I was like, "No, this is like what I do now." So no. <laughs> and then and then I left Rinse yeah. um, just to focus on production and because I'm lazy. <laughs> it's a pr- doing a radio show is a process i used to do one just like it's like a mix online every month and monthly was enough for me like yeah i did monthly and it's a lot it was a lot i, I couldn't even imagine like i had danny howard on the podcast and and um sarah story and charlie t and the amount of work they all put in yeah i know on a weekly show is just like it's a full-time job and it, and it stopped, it would stop me from producing. It stopped me from doing anything else. And they all have producers and they all have music teams kind of helping them as well. And you're just like, they, yeah, I know it's so much work. Obviously not really quite compared to doing like a rinse show and going in and playing for two hours, but like the work that goes into like, I feel like I see like Jaguar constantly working as well. Yeah, you, they it's have hard to. Hard workers. You've got to be a really hard worker to, to be to be holding down a radio show like that. Yeah, it's a lot of listening to music as well, and yeah, it's the one thing I'm really bad at. Is like now, especially in the last like since COVID, I think like I've stopped really hunting for new music on on for for DJ sets and things like that. I do it occasionally, but I just play most of my own music. 
Yeah, I'm I'm the same. Like I tried to do it yesterday and I thought I was like doing really well and then I got an hour in and I was just like uh, I'm gonna go sit outside for a bit. Um <laughs> so yeah, most of my sets are actually just like my mate's tunes, my yeah. tunes, or like forthcoming record label tunes yeah. or old record label tunes. Like it's actually really nice. It's kind of like they've set they've become more of like a showcase. Um I think, but yeah, but I do, I do really like get excited about going out and doing a DJ set when I've got new tunes ready. So, um, I, yeah, I think maybe I'll spend like some time today going through to now I won't, now I won't, no, I just thought about what I'm doing, like, no, definitely won't. Um, I was going to say that like, maybe this weekend, but no. The process there, just watching yeah, your head go. I, 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 I like binge do it. I like do it like once or twice a month and just go through everything which is really not the way to do it yeah i just end up like every time i do it i then i'm more so downloading records that i just like to listen to rather than like to play and then yeah. i'm like every time i go play a show i'm like well these people want to hear this record so i'm just going to play this record and then i'm like oh, i've got a new record coming out on the label i need to test out so i do that and it just kind of goes back to that and then like, yeah. okay, I didn't play any of the new records at all. Um, and then it just seems a waste of just like time, really. Yeah. Just... I'm also really, really fussy. Yeah. Like really Same. fussy. So I found when I did radio that like when I went through the promos, if I was like, oh, six out of 10 would play on radio maybe. And then it would get to this point where I'd have like, an accumulation of like tracks I've like thought were really good, not many because I'm fussy. And then I just have like a stack of tunes which I like thought they're all right, they'll be all right for radio. Like I'd like to support the artist, yeah. like and release, but like I wouldn't play it in a club. Yeah. And then I just had this whole like overload of tunes like every month, and I was just like, I shouldn't be downloading music if I don't think it's like amazing. Yeah, and it, I found that like. I had to for rep for radio. Like I had to kind of fill it with tunes that were like six is low, like seven out of ten, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's really tough though because with with the amount of music we all get sent on a regular basis, like you can log into your in flight and there's guaranteed to be like four hundred promos, and it's like it's such and it's such not a even like Good. they're probably they're not even tailored to you as well. No. No, it's just most a, of the time. And also, like, I know there's a lot of good music and there's a lot of bad music out there. It always has been, but it's like it feels like there's way more bad music that gets sent to you on promo purely because, it, like you said, it's not tailored to you. So, like, yeah. it, promo companies aren't really tailoring. They're all they're doing is hoping that you listen and give feedback so they can go get their money's worth, really, with with the artists or with the label they're working with. So it is like really. I think gone are the days of the promo companies that like really curate their their roster. Like I remember exclusive promo used to be like the best for it, where they would just like it was impossible to get on as a DJ. Like they'd only do like cool kids. I was never, oh, really? yeah, I was never a cool kid. This was years ago. And they like like in fact one of my really good mates worked for them and he was like, Yeah, the owner won't put you on because you're not cool enough. <laughs> and I was like, this mother although I still got all the records, but like <clears throat> this guy, like this the the owner just literally wanted to like keep it super cool and super exclusive, which is it it is great if you think about it, because then everyone goes and you make you know that you're getting a really curated promo. Um but now it's just like flood everyone's emails and just hope somebody opens your promos yeah and i think i don't think these promo companies really care about the quality of like the music that they're pushing they just care about if you're gonna if they're gonna get paid or not right yeah I, well i don't know i don't know I but not. like yeah i mean I i've never received anything really really bad i have, oh, I have. yeah i have actually um <laughs> there's a lot of garbage yeah but i think that's also just personal preference right so yeah, it's I like think it is for sure like 
yeah there's a lot of commercial stuff that gets sent out that i'm just like this i would never play this so why am i getting asked to play it but realistically they're just doing their job so it's yeah like, and i just get sent so much drum and bass as well and i'm like I that's because that's because of your old shit come I on girl. Know. no but like see my chloe robinson email and i'm like no so do you but, not um, do you not play drum um, and bass at all now strict techno I played it at snowbombing yeah. because I got books play it up in the mountains. I didn't know until the day before. Because you don't look um, at your itinerary. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought I was playing like the snow terrace, but I was yeah. actually doing Rompers Reggae Shack. Um, but then in the bio on the app, they'd written that I was a grime DJ and I nice. was like also doing a second set, but like a much more tailored to my sound set, uh, like, their Brook and Straddle yeah. venue, which is cool. Um, playing like after Salute and before Pi Boy 69. So it was perfect for like my sound. Yeah. So I was like, can you like please take that off that I play Grime? Like, because I don't. <laughs> and like, please, was like, and then what do you, what do you play then? I was like, okay, I'm speaking to like an intern probably. Um, and then, they do, they do these like newspapers like in every day like showing like what what's like what's going to what going to be the highlights of the day or whatever. Yeah. And they'd written that I was playing up in the mountain, but doing like a techno set, a rompers reggae track, and I was like, oh, no, I'm not. And then, they had, <laughs> and then they had a picture of Emerald, who wasn't playing that year, to like promote the fact that I was doing a techno set, and I was like, no. Um, but I am doing a drum and bass set actually at Secret Garden Party with um, with Pav from Foreign Beggars, nice. um, just because they need. They were told that they needed a bit more drum and bass this year for the, for the Hishi Day stage. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to do, like, a normal, not a normal set, but, like, my actual sound set yeah. as well on top of it. But, uh, yeah, I don't really play it, but I do like it. Like, yeah, I would I would still play drum and bass sets if it was, like, billed as drum and bass. But yeah, yeah. I'm not on top of my new music on that in that area well it's also like it's about keeping consistent and with the now you're chloe robinson it's like okay you don't want to alienate everyone and you want to keep consistent because that's so key yeah and i'm not like i'm not trying to be anyone different than i was before like Mm. i i just it just made things a lot easier for me to get on lineups in yeah. the house and techno world because um they weren't having it with my old name and i don't blame them to be honest like it makes sense why they'd be like no um and now i'm on all the lineups that i've dreamt that i'd be on so that's um, so it's great that's amazing let's talk about yeah. record. let's talk record labels yeah um you have your own label i do what's it called it's called Pretty Weird. Everyone really <laughs> likes the name, actually. I get so many compliments on it's it. It's a wicked name. I really dig it. And Thank the, you. The music's amazing um, on it. When did you start? <laughs> a while ago, so I didn't really do much. Um, <laughs> there seems to be a I, theme right now going along. <laughs> I started it. I looked. Uh, apparently, I started in 2015. Okay. And then I... I was my first release was going to be by a guy called Wen, and it was going to be on vinyl. And then uh, there was like issues of the distribution with the distribution company. Like it took them six months to get contract back. By the time that it got to the point where like was ready, it was so far down the line that Wen had been signed to like Big Dada. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't allowed to do a release anyway. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then, yeah, I was, it was just like really random, the releases I was putting out. Yeah. There was no like consistency. And then when I met Alex, ADHD, that make all my tunes with, he really like helped like hone, hone the label in and, um, I connected him and Nikki Nair together and they made some really cool stuff together that I put out. Mm. And then 
Yeah, he like he basically. I'm just like it's all able to now because he helps out so much with it, um, yeah. and he's really like helped be really sort of picky with the roster and like kind of pick artists that we really really rate that we'd love to like re-release with because yeah. I get a lot a lot of demos but it could be like one really really cool track but then five that I really don't think are that great mm. and um yeah I, I need to kind of hear everything can be like okay most of this is really good and I I can see I can see you working with my other artists yeah. and I can see us re-releasing so yeah um i'm quite picky with like who i release who i have releasing on yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah but um sense. i've got like yeah again i'm just like a bit scatty right now and i've got like a line like in my in my notes of like all of the releases that needs to come out and i don't even know where i'm gonna start with it <laughs> so but that's good like it's better to have music than not right um yeah, I think I've got the next EP sorted, so... Amazing. Yeah, I think it's um, the whole label thing, again, it's it's a process and, it's con- again, it's consistency. It's just having constant, yeah, constant thought, good quality releases. Yeah, I thought I could do it on my own, but now I'm thinking, like, this is where, like, I'm thinking, like, may- I do maybe need, like, a manager just to help me with everything, but I also don't want to give 20% of one income away. You can get a label manager. I can get a label manager, yeah. They're they're just as good and way cheaper. Yeah, I think I might do that. I think I'm, do I need one though? Not, no, I don't really need one just yet, but I'm gonna head towards that. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm when I'm really really busy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just having some. For me, is like I've got a team that run my label, and it's just having a team that like I know are gonna get everything done that I will forget to do or I don't have time to do yeah and it's just like all of the like correspondence it, it's a process running your own label it's a massive process yeah it's very like diy right it's it's like mm. i'll do my own artwork i'll kind of do everything that's cool um i use joker to do my um masters he's really really good from bristol yeah. um he's great but now Alex has suddenly, like ADHD, suddenly become really good at mastering and mix sounds. So I don't even know if I'll, yeah. Some of them now we don't even need to use Joker because like Alex's sounds like really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Joker, Joker is the best shout out to Joker each and every. Um, I've got through my fair share of um, masters and he's definitely the best. Like I, don't, I don't even have to go back and forth with them because he knows what I want. So it's just re- it really good to work with. That's the best feeling though when you've got something. I've got somebody, I use a guy called Andy McDougal and he, it's exactly the same now. It's like, it takes... What's his surname? McDougal? McDougal. Okay. I, th- I thought McDougal. Okay, I quite like that. It's yeah. a good name, isn't it? It's a really yeah. good name. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's just nice when you have somebody that gets everything you want and it's easy, super easy to work with. Yeah takes time to get that as well yeah for sure how can um how can people get in touch with the label how can people send you music uh so i have a label email address it's just like pretty weird uk at gmail.com um but i also get all my band camp emails go through that so mm. like you know when people purchase music so it I wouldn't recommend sending the demos <laughs> through there because I, I do find them all though, but I have to like really like go through it. Yeah. Um, I would just send it to my email address, which is on my bio and all my socials, which is just like Chloe Robinson DJ at gmail.com. Cool. Um, with a please not Google Drive and please with Dropbox or a SoundCloud private. Google link. Drive <laughs> sucks so I much. Know. I know. <laughs> so many people still use it, though. I know it's so bad, and every time you click on the link, it's like unable to access or you cannot download this. I'm like, fine, I'm not listening. Yeah, I know. It's awful. I, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Dropbox is great, though. Dropbox is elite. I think I, I think my favorite um, template is the SoundCloud private link, though. I think it's just the easiest because you can like open up scan through it and then 
if you yeah, like it. Yeah, and it's it. all kind of together in a playlist. Yeah. But the Dropbox, you have to kind of like head yeah. back or like go next. Or the worst is Not when that... somebody sends you like four links and you're just like, just put it all in one playlist. Like it's yeah, not hard. Just like. Um, guilty. Definitely done that recently. Oh, it's the yeah. worst, mate. <laughs> when somebody sends it to me, I literally email back going, can you put it in a playlist and send me a link again? <laughs> I'm like, I don't yeah. have time for this. Yeah. Um, oh, well, it was just too nice and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they were, no, I sent them on my tunes and then they were like, can I hear you? They were just wanted to hear like what I'd put out recently. Yeah. And then they wanted to hear what I had forthcoming. And then they said, can you send me some of your unsigned stuff? And I didn't really know. I kind of just like went on Dropbox and just put like the name of the track, link, name of the track, link. But I should have made them a playlist. But <laughs> you, you know what? It's, it's their job, you know? Yeah, so definitely. It's fine. We're like fake A&Rs because it's like yeah. in indie <laughs> labels. We're just lazy A&Rs. Um, exactly. Mate, we're going to have to wrap this up um thank you so much for coming on how can people follow you how can people get involved with the <laughs> chloe robinson crew um, and the I, pretty weird crew i have all the same socials so it's just chloe Rob chloe robinson i can never say my name chloe <laughs> robinson today's been hard work for you hasn't it yeah it's really early for me <laughs> dj it's fucking 10 45 in the morning girl. i know Come on. it's early right um <laughs> and then yeah that's just my my handle for everything amazing yeah amazing. um but thank you for having me i'm sorry that i took so long to work my laptop <laughs> um no worries thanks no we, we got it working from the portable charger so big ups the portable chargers and um yeah. go get yourself some apple travel packs it'll sort you out <laughs> yeah yeah the adapters look great <laughs> what are they adapters the plug the plug thing yeah they're just travel adapters you can get them online so you don't even have to leave your house it's yeah. fine great amazon it's a hell of a tool um yeah. keep safe right. have a great big weekend love. take care see you bye. soon bye step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.